Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this food and thank you for your nourishment life for our body. We thank you for this meal together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, I'm praying for my family right now. We're all sick and we need your healing. God, I pray for this presentation today that may go well. Whatever the outcome is, just have it be your will. All right, God. So I know I'm not really ready for this test, but please help me not to fail it. God, thank you for good friends, for giving me the strength and the friendship that I need. Today's going to be so hard. God, I need your strength. Lord, please help my parents stop fighting. Lord, thank you so much for my grandparents. God, give me the strength to get my family through this. God, I'm so happy. I pray that you would bless our marriage. Well, good morning, Oakwood. And welcome to our new series that we're starting today called Pray. As for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. It's an area that we need to grow in in our lives. As we start this series today, I'm just curious, uh, how many of you would say this morning, I believe in the power of prayer, but I don't pray as often as I should? Just show of hands this morning, I believe in the power of prayer, but I don't pray as often as I should. Okay, look at that. Almost everybody here, lots of people, not praying as much as I should, but I believe in the power of prayer. We're going to be talking about some of those things today, about how uh, we pray and, and how we get caught up sometimes in, in the how-to of it. Now, sometimes that kind of holds us back because there's a lot of people that say, hey, I believe in the power of prayer, but yet we don't do it. And sometimes we know we should, and yet we still don't do it. And sometimes I think that's because if we're being real this morning, some of us, we lack confidence in prayer. Uh, we, we've heard other people pray, or we've been in situations, uh, maybe you've heard a, a pastor pray or a Sunday school teacher, and you're not sure you're doing it right. You ever experienced that? I'm just not sure I'm doing it right. I, my prayers don't sound like their prayers. Is there a certain way to do this? Is there a process that I'm, I'm going through? Uh, some of us, uh, if we're being honest, sometimes we, we uh, get bored in our prayers. Sometimes we fall asleep. Has anyone here ever done that, falling asleep at night? You're praying? And you fall asleep. I had a guilt complex about that. We talked about that in the dorm at Bible college. And I remember one of my classes, we went to a Bible college professor. You could ask him whatever you wanted. And one of the guys said, how do you think God feels about it when we're praying at night and we fall asleep? And, and, and really, this came from a place of guilt. That we felt guilt about this. And it was amazing because as we, uh, as we were talking to him, he said, you know what? I think that's like falling asleep in your father's lap. And there's no better place he'd rather you be than to fall asleep talking to him. And man, that was, that was awesome because it relieved me of so much guilt, you know. Uh, sometimes I think some of us, we have ADD prayers, attention deficit disorder prayers. I call them actually HPD prayers, hyperactivity prayer disorder. Um, some people have attention deficit hyperactivity prayer disorder, which is a whole nother Another thing, but some of us were just kind of spastic in our prayers. We pray about this, and we jump over to this, and we forgot to finish the thought about this. And uh, I do that in my preaching sometimes. I know it drives, it drives me nuts too. Uh, sometimes prayers are made awkward um, because of the way we do prayers. Sometimes we circle up in prayers. Have you ever done that? You pray in a group, what are you supposed to do? You make a circle, okay? You make a circle. And then we do this thing that's really awkward sometimes where we hold hands. Okay, now that can be a beautiful thing, and I've had some really meaningful uh, prayers that happen with hand-holding, but uh, sometimes that's just not comfortable, especially if you're a guy, and you go into a prayer circle, and you're standing between two other guys, because there's always two guys in the prayer group that you're going to come up, and you're going to lock hands with. The first guy is the strongest man in the world, all right? His hands are so thick and big and gnarly, and he squeezes, 
And as he prays, he squeezes your hand, and it's like, whoa, and you know, you're, you're hoping the circulation will come back. But then there's always the guy on the other side, and he's the guy that has what I call the slimy, wet fish hand. Have you experienced this? It's always moist. It's like, what is that? You know, so you always wonder if there's something growing on it, and you know, it's like, give me something to hold on to, you know, you feel like you're you're holding your wife's hand. And, and then there's the whole guy-girl thing. I mean, that's completely awkward. I'm glad the youth are here today. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm just uh, so glad you're here because that was really awkward for me in junior high and high school. I mean, you know, the guy-girl thing, I get to, you know, because I was always scoping out where I was going to stand in the circle by the cutest girl. You know, I was always like, oh, there's the girl. It's like, hey, 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 let's hold hands. <laughs> it was like, I wasn't thinking about prayer at that moment. You know, I was just thinking, I'm holding the hand of the most beautiful Girl in the world, this is, this is great. So that can kind of get awkward. You know, sometimes you, you stand by somebody, you pray with somebody, it's a great prayer person. You ever met that person? I mean, they just pray, it just comes out of them, and you're like, man, they say such good prayers. You know, I wish I could pray like that, and you always feel like, you know, it's like Moses' little brother. It's like, oh, saying the prayer, it's so awesome. And then sometimes, you know, you're a young prayer person, you're like, hey, I'm not going to let them out pray me. You know, maybe you're a newer Christian, you're new to this thing, and you're, you're trying to, to be like, okay, I know what I'm praying about, and so your prayers go something like this, well, um, Lord, we pray to you now, and you said in your word that you are Jehovah Nisan, because you are innovation that excites. God, you are good. God, you're so good. You're good, good. You're good to the last drop. And God, your word is good. Your word is awesome because it melts in your mouth and not in your hand. And, and God, like a good neighbor, you'll always be there for us. Thank you for your blood, Father, that is thicker than water. And, you know, sometimes when you're a young Christian, you get asked to pray for a meal. And you've probably seen this like in Hollywood in the movies. Maybe your prayer goes something a little bit like this. You know, you're called on. You're not prepared to pray for the meal. You're like, oh, Father God. Please bless this meal to the nourishment of our bodies and to the republic for which it stands. <laughs> and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of no food, I shall fear no hunger. Now by the power vested in me, I now pronounce us ready to eat. Amen. <laughs> but it's just kind of weird, isn't it? I mean... What we make of prayer, I, I, I experienced this when I went to Bible college. A lot of times would, uh, people would do what I call filler time with, with the name of God. Okay, Have you ever been in this kind of prayer situation? Someone's praying, oh, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for what you've given us, Father God. And because, Father God, you are good, Father God, Father God, we come to you now and we are praying, Father God. And they just say that over and over. I didn't even know Father God. I never even heard that phrase until I went to Bible college. Everybody was saying it. I was like... That's cool, but we get so caught up in the aesthetics of our prayers. But I really think there's two big prayer mistakes that we make as Christians. There's two big mistakes. The first one is this, is that our prayers are way too small. Our prayers are way too small. This, you know, generic bless me, you know, bless this food, be with me, help me. Those are small prayers, and those are really safe prayers if you want to admit it. We feel a lot safer praying the small prayers than we do the big ones. The second mistake I think that we make as people is that our prayers are way too general. They're way too general. They're very generic. I mean, when was the last time that you prayed for something so specific and so big that you knew God was the only one that could make it happen? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to learn through this series. And the first thing I want you to really get today is simply this. General prayers... Don't move God to specific actions. 
General, generic prayers don't move God to specific actions. As Christians and as believers in God, we need to be praying big, faith-filled, specific, and passionate prayers. We need to pray for big and specific things. Just like you saw in the video testimony a little while ago with Leah. We need to pray for big and specific things. Now, I talked to Leah about her testimony before. And one of the things that's very interesting is she, she has thought in her mind, you know, I prayed for the warts to be gone by the time I went to college. I was 14 years old, prayed for that for four years. By the time I go to college, I want the warts to be gone. And they were. But she wonders, why didn't I say sophomore year? You know? Because it's hard to date when you got warts on your hands, and it really affected her. I mean, you think about that. We all have our thing that we struggle with, and, and that was her thing. But, but how powerfully uh, God moved through that. And we see this over and over that when people pray for big, specific things, God answers in big and specific ways. And another example of this is Martin Luther. Maybe you've, you've heard of Martin Luther, the great church reformer, the father of the Reformation. Uh, he was, uh, had a friend and assistant that's name was Friedrich Myconius. In about 1540 A.D., they were working together on reforming the church, and Myconius, his assistant, fell very, very ill. And he was uh, so ill, he was expected to die shortly. And, and he was so ill that he uh, had somebody send a letter to Luther on his behalf. Someone else penned it for him because he was too weak to write it himself. And it, it just basically said, I, I'm, I'm dying here. I'm really, really sick. Uh, there, there's no hope. I just wanted to say goodbye. And it was great knowing you and to be working with you on the reformation of the church. And Luther actually wrote back Maconius a letter. And this is what he wrote. This is how he responded back. Luther wrote this. He said, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. And for this I am praying, because I seek only to glorify the name of God, Martin Luther. Myconius, who was so weak, he had actually already lost the ability to speak. He gets this letter, they read it to him, and he starts getting better. He actually recovers, he actually lived six more years, and catch this, he finally died two months after Luther died. Big, specific prayers. God answers in big, specific ways. I've had my own experiences with this in my own life, praying for something very specific and God answering and showing us things. And it's not always the way, exact timing or the exact way we thought it would go, but God nonetheless hears our prayers and answers them. I, I remember uh, something that uh, we were going through as a, as a family. Uh, my daughter Abigail was having eye surgery in, in 2005. She was 29 days old when she had her first eye surgery. And as parents, you know, we went down to Oklahoma City to Integris Baptist Medical Center uh, down there, a wonderful hospital. But there's nothing like taking your helpless little child that's just brand new and, and handing her over to complete strangers to do surgery on her. I mean, there's just nothing like it that, that I can compare to it in the world. And, and I just remember Amy and I did that several times that year as we had multiple surgeries and and and. Every time it was hard, every time that we would sit in that lobby and we would worry and be anxious and we would, we would cry and be very emotional. And if you've ever been down there, the building that we were in where they were doing the eye surgeries is separate from the rest of the hospital. And there's this, this glass sky bridge that goes across this road. And I remember after the second surgery, Amy and I actually going out to the sky bridge. We're just crying. It's just the two of us. We're, we're leaning over railing. We're looking at the road. And I just remember Amy coming up beside me and she's like, let's pray. 
I was like, man, we've been praying. We've been praying that she'd be healed, and we've been praying for these surgeries to go well. And I know deep down inside that she's going to be just fine, but I just, you know. And so we did. We just prayed right there. And I remember the release. You know, you've heard about people saying burdens being lifted at Calvary. It's like Amy and I, we felt this huge release, this huge relief. And I remember as we were walking back to the lobby, we were sitting there talking, and Amy and I both were just hearing from the Lord that, that, that it was like God was saying to us, she was mine before she was ever yours. She's, she's my, my daughter before she was ever given to you, and I've got this. I'm going to take care of her while she's back here under anesthesia at a very young age, just months old. I'm going to take care of this. And it was just amazing how we were actually able to uh, be relieved of our worry and our strife because we prayed and God answered. I remember right here in Enid at uh, St. Mary's Hospital, went up to see uh, a lady that we were called uh, on to go see. Uh, somebody had been in our church, but had only been in our church for a short amount of time. Uh, she, they didn't really know what was wrong. She, just her body was shutting down. She'd been in the hospital for about three weeks. And uh, she was really, really um, just felt like it was, was on death's door. I remember walking in and seeing her vital signs, her pulse rate in the 40s, her blood pressure uh, like 60 over 30. I mean, it was really, really bad. And so I went in there, and there was a son and daughter there, and, and myself and her. She was laying in the bed. I just said, how can we pray? How can we pray for your mom? They said, man, we just need her blood pressure to go up. They said, if we can stabilize the blood pressure because it's been so low, that that would help other things uh, go right in her body. And, and so I said, okay, well, let's pray for that. And, and I have to admit, I, I didn't have this big faith-filled thought that God's going to answer that prayer right now or in some supernatural way. I just was maybe going through the motions myself, but I thought I'm going to be faithful and we're going to pray for this and we're really going to ask God to do this. It was amazing. We said the prayer. Um, of course, we, we joined hands at the foot of her bed. We said the prayer together, the three of us. They sat back down. We were just visiting a little bit. And this nurse comes rushing in the room. She goes over to the machines and the apparatus because she's on all this stuff. And she starts messing with stuff. And you can feel this urgency from the nurse. And we're like, what's going on? And, and she, she says, her blood pressure. This is the highest it's been in seven days. She's like, look, it was like 110 over 70. It's like, what? You know, and, and God, I think, was showing me and showing them right there in that moment that I still answer prayers and I'm still active today. And I can answer that prayer right there, and I can make blood pressure go up with no problem at all. I remember uh, when Derek Levins was here serving on staff, and there was a scary time in the church where it was just Derek and I on staff. But we went up to the hospital to Bass. We were actually on our way to Stillwater, and someone called said, Can you stop by the hospital to visit a dear saint of ours? Her name was Sadie Beal. And some of you that have been here a long time, you might remember Sadie. But Sadie Beal was there, and, and, um, and uh, Derek and I stopped by the hospital on our way to Stillwater, on our way out of town, and, and went up and saw her. And I remember going up to the room, and, her, and like her family's there, it's her, her sons and daughters, the family's there. And we said, you know, what can we do? She'd been suffering for so long. And they said, we, we just, if it's her time, we just need the Lord to take her and, and to take mom home. And if you know Sadie, just a dear saint, wonderful lady. And, and so we went up there and we prayed. We prayed that if it was the Lord's will and his timing that he would take Sadie's life. Uh, we got done praying, and, and we gave him our cell phone number, said, keep us posted. We're going to keep you in prayer. And Derek and I went down to the car. We literally left the Bass parking lot. We're turning on that street to turn on to ONK Gary, and my phone rings. And it's a number I don't recognize, and I answer it, and it's one of the daughters. And she goes, I want you to know mom just passed away. It's like three minutes. I mean, it's amazing. God answers prayer, tough prayers, and all, all kinds of prayers that we pray. It's really important that we understand as a baseline that as we're going through this series for the next four weeks, 
that we want to learn to really, truly, to really, truly pray, to unleash the power of God and of His glory through our prayers, because that's how they did it in the Scriptures. I think we've just become so anemic with our prayers. But let's understand just, just what is prayer exactly. Let's understand what is prayer in its basic form. Prayer is simply communication with God. That's what prayer is. It's not some King James wrote thing that you, that you state. That's not something that you, that you write out, even though you can write out your prayers. But it's just simply communication with God. When we pray, we're communicating with the Almighty God. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 5, verses 1-3. through It says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I direct my prayer to you and watch. You want to know why they watch? They watch with expectation to see what God's going to do. Prayer seems to be such a little deal to some people, but if you think about it, this is a big, big deal to be able to pray, to be able to come before the God of the universe that made everything, that's in control of everything, that has dominion over everything, to be able to come to Him and to present our requests to Him. I mean, just think about this. If you had the opportunity to talk to someone really important, would you make it a priority in your life? If Donald Trump called you and said, hey, man, I really want to get together and talk to you, I want to hear uh, some of your ideas of what you're struggling with, do you think you'd make time? Do you think you'd make that a priority in your life? Well, yeah, absolutely. What about Kevin Durant before he made the bad decision? What if Kevin Durant had actually called you and said, hey, I really want to talk to you about this decision I've got to make, and you're like, man, I need to help him not make a bad choice and stay right here in OKC. And so you know, if he called, do you think that that would be like, a, you'd feel honored and privileged? You'd be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make, make time to talk to him. I mean, it could be the CEO of a company, the president of an organization, important people, right? We would make time to talk to them, but... Here's the thing is, we talk to God anytime. He's the master of the universe. He's the God that is in and over all things. How much more should we want to communicate with Him? How much more should we take time to communicate with Him? Because He has more influence in all the world than anyone else. And you can have a conversation with the one that's in charge, that's running it all. I mean, it's amazing. Let's look what Scripture says about this. Ephesians chapter 3, if you'd open your Bibles there. If you want to get on your phone, you can go into our app. You can actually access the Scriptures and the outline there in our, in our church app now. It's Oakwood Enid if you haven't downloaded that yet. But uh, if you follow along in our Bible that's there in the seat around you, just grab that Bible, turn it to page 977. Page 977, you'll be right where we need to be. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to begin with verse 14. Here's what's going on here. The Apostle Paul... And the verses right before this has proclaimed the mystery of the gospel and how it's been revealed to people. And he's basically really been kind of talking about Jesus being, being, being born and then he died and then he rose again. He's talking about the power of the gospel, the good news about what God's done for us through Jesus Christ. And then he gets to verse 14 here where he begins to say a prayer for some spiritual strength and understanding. Listen to what he, what he prays here. Uh, begin with verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now you notice the posture that he takes to pray. He says, he says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. And it's because he is taking a moment here to humble himself before God. 
Now, we know if we read the Bible in its entirety uh, that there are many postures you can take for prayer. Uh, you, you can pray uh, sitting down, you can pray uh, lying down, you can pray standing up, uh, the traditional way that the Jews would pray when they came to their time of prayers, they would actually pray standing up with their palms up to heaven. This is how they would pray, is this posture right here. But we see Paul here that he's going to be down on his knees. I've seen people and I've prayed before face down just with your body completely lying down flat on your face praying to God. But, I mean, you can even pray to God in your car. You just don't close your eyes during that prayer. Okay? And this really, the Bible doesn't give us guidelines on closing your eyes, bowing your head, folding your hands. I think that's just a focus thing for us. So don't get distracted and touch our neighbor when we were kids and all that. So, you know, we bow our heads, we close our eyes, and we pray because we want to be focused on that communication with God in that moment. And here, Paul is showing us that I'm going to approach the Lord God Almighty in a humble way by actually getting on my knees. I think that's a great posture in which to pray sometimes. Go to verse 15. He says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. In other words, God is large and in charge. He's over all. Verse 16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with what? Strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Do you catch what He says there? Because of the riches of His glory, because He's God over all, in all, and through all, they, we're praying that He may grant us to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner being, and then verse 17, I love it. It says, so that, okay, what does that mean? That means there's a cause and effect here. Okay, we're praying to be strengthened in power so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. And we're going to pause right there and come to our last two verses in just, just a few minutes. You see, it's through His power that we can understand His love. It's through His power we understand that His Spirit is working within us. And, and it's just amazing. Paul's theme here through all of this passage is power that is found through His prayers. That He has the power through His Spirit in His inner being. You know, power is a big thing. Electricity is a big thing. I learned this a few years ago. I was actually working on my house, and my father-in-law is kind of a handyman, and he was showing me how to do things, and he handed me a bag full of outlets, and he said, I want you to wire up all these outlets, and I'd never done that before, okay? And he showed me how to do one of them, he said, basically what you need to do is just make sure these wires don't touch, because if these wires touch, it will spark, it'll blow your circuit, and you know, it can hurt you, and you don't want to connect them like through your body, and so you don't want to get shocked. You just make sure these two wires don't touch, and and, and so you you know you screw them on. And so I was like, okay. And he goes, you really don't need to to turn off the circuit as long as you're careful. And so I didn't turn off the circuits. And plus, you know, if ours is like yours, it's mislabeled, and you never know which one is going to where. And so I started doing that. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> electricity is a powerful thing. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't get shocked, okay, much, but I, had, I did spark three of them, one of them I ruined, but the thing that was amazing is one of these, I was screwing it in with a flathead screwdriver, and if you've ever done this, you know what I'm talking about, I was using a flathead screwdriver, and the wire, the second wire that I hadn't connected yet was coming up underneath, I didn't see it, so it actually connected it through the screwdriver, and so it sparked, it popped, it blew the circuit, but what was amazing is my flathead screwdriver was not flathead anymore. It like literally melted back in this groove, and so I, I still have it, and I can remember the power of electricity because there's this groove in my flathead screwdriver because 
of the way that it, it, it connected it, and it popped and, and, it, and it made sparks and everything. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's power there. There's other power tools I got to, to mess with when I was uh, doing the, the home remodel thing. I, uh, uh, he brought me one time this mini jackhammer to like get tile off the floor. And it was like, you know, and it was like, oh man, I felt like, you know, Tim the Tool Man Taylor or some grunts there. It was awesome. But but there's a lot of power there. And here's the thing, folks, is there's a lot of power in our prayers. And we need to pray to be strengthened in God's power. That it's His power that is what? That is in us through what? Through His Spirit that's going to help us be overcomers in this life. And he, I love how he says it here. He says it there in verse 17. He says, so that. Okay? So we're going to pray to be strengthened in power by His Spirit in our being so that, so that what? Five things I want to share with you real quick here. Number one, so that Christ may dwell in you. Verse 17, it says, so Christ may dwell in you. It says, how? How is Christ dwelling? It's because in your heart and in your faith, he's going to grow you. And this is an area that we need to grow in. We need to grow in and be faith-filled people. Bet the farm risk takers. They will actually trust in God and know that he can answer prayer. And it's through His power and it's through His strength that we can do that. The second one is this. We're strengthened with power so that you are rooted and grounded. So that you are rooted and grounded. What are you rooted and grounded in? If you read there in verse 17, it tells you. You are rooted and grounded in what? You're rooted and grounded in His love. You see, your baseline for everything in understanding deeply that God is who He is is because He loves you. Why did he send his son? Because he loves you. Why did he allow Jesus to die? Because he loves you. Why does he forgive sins? Because he loves you. That you would be rooted and grounded to understand that before the beginning of time, you are his child. And that God loves his kids and wants to take care of them. And you've got to stay rooted and grounded with that. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but some of us need that word this morning, that I need to be rooted and grounded in who Christ is. I need to be rooted and grounded in the love that God has for me. And it doesn't matter what financial circumstances I'm in. It doesn't matter what physical circumstances I'm in. It doesn't matter what relational circumstances I'm in. That God loves me. To be rooted and grounded in that. Third thing. Strengthen with power so that what? So that you have the strength to comprehend. So that you can understand things. So that you can understand God's love. I mean, God's love is a crazy type of love. His love is so deep, it's unfathomable. That He would send His only Son to suffer torture and crucifixion for us. Doesn't make sense. How many of you, if I came to you this morning, that, you, that our parents or grandparents would say, yes, I will sacrifice my child for your sins, Eric. You can go hang them up, beat them, beat them, and then whip them, and then crucify them. Just, just do it right out here in the field. We'll do it this afternoon. How many of you would volunteer your kids be like, oh yeah, let's do it? No. Why? Because it's a crazy kind of love for another person to be able to do that. And that's the depth of the love that Christ has for us. The depth of the love of God. And so we need His strength to comprehend Strengthen with power so that what else? So that you know the love of Christ. And this word know means that you really know it. Like you know that you know that you know that you really, really know something to be true. That you would know it as evidenced in truth, the love of Christ. And the fifth thing, so that what? So that you may be filled with the fullness 
of God. You know that word fullness of God there gives us this idea of completion. In other words, that you would be so full of God that you would be complete in Christ, that you would be complete in God. And so we pray for the power of God to be in us and to give us His strength to do these things so that ultimately we can be filled with the fullness of God. But Paul's prayer here that we be strengthened with the power through His Spirit to hold on to these things, he doesn't stop there. Let's, let's finish the passage together, beginning with verse 20. Ephesians 3, verse 20, this is what it says. It says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Talking about God's ability here. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly. If you're reading this in the NIV, it would say, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we ask or imagine, than anything that we could come up with. Look what it says here in the text, though. It says then, then part, it says, to whom is able to do far more abundantly than part of what we ask or imagine? No? Does it say, to do some part of it? To do some of it? And what does it say? Who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think? He do far more abundantly than that. It reminds us that our highest thought is lower than God's lowest thought. Because He's so much bigger than us. He's so much more powerful than us. And it says here that he can do more than all that we could ask or think. And then it says this, according to what? According to the power at work within us. God is doing a work within us through his power. It's amazing. Now look at 21. It says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To Him be the glory. Why? Because He has the power. And that power, what does it say there? Is at work within us. It's at work within us. And that's why we pray. We pray and we communicate to God. And when these things happen in our life, we give Him glory. Because His power is working in us. You see, as Christians, we don't tap into God's power for spiritual strength enough. I don't think we do it enough. Our prayers are mostly small and super general. We don't pray for specific things that we need to be praying for. And that's why I made such a deal about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about this is for everyone. We've got these, these bands that, that remind us that the gospel's for everyone. Reminds us to pray for one. Because we need to be praying for these people. Now, I'm not going to talk any more about that today because we're going to talk about that a lot next week. But we need to be praying. And praying on the power of God to make a difference. Some of you need to pray. You need to pray specific prayers for God's power. You need to pray a specific prayer for God to give you the power to overcome temptation. Everybody nod your head. Yes, yes. The power to overcome temptation. I need that help. The power to stand strong. Yes, we need to pray for the power to stand up. The power to be bold. Yes, we need to be bolder in our faith. We need to stand up for what we believe. We need to stand up for Jesus Christ. The power to move people toward Christ. Yes, God through His power can actually do that through me. Yes, we need to pray for the power to move people toward Christ. The power to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. When was the last time that you prayed for spiritual strength and power? When was the last time you prayed for God to do something powerful 
for you. For grandparents and parents that are here this morning, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is you can pray for your kids and your grandkids. You need to pray that they crave approval of God more than they'll ever crave approval of their friends. And you need to pray that prayer very specifically. Because we're raising a generation that cares way more about what people think than what God thinks. You need to pray specific prayers that they would become spiritual giants and become spiritual leaders, not when they become adults and not in the church in 10 years, but right now in their schools on the mission field that they're in right now. You need to pray that they would become lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. You need to be praying that they wouldn't walk away from God when they walk away from youth group when they graduate high school. You need to pray that they would stay with God forever. You need to pray that they would reek of God's love and kindness As they go through life, when people get around them, they feel like they've had a fresh encounter with Jesus. You need to pray that they would even win friends and influence people as they go along the way, the path of the rest of their lives. They have their whole lives before them. Please pray some big, specific prayers for our kids. And for the people that you love, the people in your family, like your spouse, like your aunt and your uncle and your cousin, You need to pray for them. You need to pray for what they're specifically struggling with. Pray specifically for them. Pray for them to be overcomers. Pray that their love would grow even more in knowledge and in depth of insight of the Lord. You need to pray for your marriage. That your marriage would be a bright light in a world of dark and struggling marriages. You need to pray for each other, with each other, and about each other all the time. Pray for God to deliver you out of the sinful bondage that you're in. Pray specific prayers because I think that our prayers are way too small and way too generic and I think it's an insult to God in all of his might and in all of his glory to not petition him in his power to do big things general prayers don't move God to specific action let's change the way we pray Let's change it. Growing your faith in God and understanding who He is will change your prayer life. You can begin by praying those big and specific things right now today. That we would see the reality of His power lived out in our daily lives. And that some of you, I want you to understand this morning, you are one prayer away from changing your destiny. If your trajectory in life is going this way, you could pray one prayer to God and completely change the course of your life. One prayer is all it would take, and your life could change. Because some of you, some of you are one prayer of surrender away from giving your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you are one prayer of surrender away of getting rid of worry and anxiousness about something that's going on. It could be something in your marriage. It could be something in your finances. It could be something that you're struggling with in your health. And you know deep down inside your spirit the burdens are lifted at Calvary, but you haven't prayed that prayer. That prayer of surrender that just says, God, I'm yours, and you're going to take care of this. And you don't promise to always remove all the hardship in life away, but you do promise to get me through it. Some of you are one prayer of confession away. You've been hanging on to a sin for so long, and you know it's sin. 
you like to you like to call it feelings, or you like to call it something else, and you you, you know you've, you you just been hanging on for it for so long. You need to pray that prayer of confession to God to confess your sins. The Bible says if you'll just pray and confess your sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to purify you from all unrighteousness. Pray a prayer of confession. Get rid of what's holding you back in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you you are one prayer of repentance from changing the course of your life. You've been living for yourself, and you've been focused on the world, or you've been focused on relationships, or you've been focused on trying to be good at something, but you haven't been good in your relationship with God. And you're just one prayer of repentance away. Just one prayer to say, God, I need to go your way and I need to quit going my own. One specific prayer can change your life. What prayer do you need to pray this morning?